Hello, and welcome to episode number 199. Oh my god, 199. Almost at 200 episodes. We're going to hit 200 episodes with the next episode, which, honestly, weirdly, we're not doing anything special for. Uh, we were originally going to do a, a live show, but as with many hap- many times happens with the podcast, we just couldn't uh, scheduling too many things going on before the new year and during the new year. Uh, so the podcast has now taken... A sort of uh, backseat to that, but uh, episode 200, we're going to cover a bunch of stuff that we didn't get to cover in ep- this episode, which is our end of year episode with Eve and Rich. Very exciting. Many things that we decided we do it uh, best and worst of this year uh, and discuss a whole bunch of other stuff, including uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. A lot of spoilers there uh, about that, so just don't worry about that ahead of time. You could probably hear it in my voice. It's a little nasally. I still have a cold. It was probably even worse when we were recording this episode. Also, you're going to notice a little gap. We had a little technical difficulty, as sometimes has been happening, where I think it's uh, too many of us are talking at the same time. I will fix that at some point. In the new year, We're going to be uh, there's going to be some changes to uh, how I put this together and probably some audio changes that you're going to notice in... Not immediately in the new year, but a little bit later in the new year. And there's going to be some new things we're probably going to be doing a little bit. Uh, we'll probably get to squeeze in two more episodes in January. Yeah, probably two more episodes in January. Uh, and there's going to be, uh, we're going to be still doing it once a month, but I think there's going to be some more things that are going to be happening. Probably not till the spring, which I know is way far out. But uh, we all thought that episode 200 was going to, at least I thought, was going to take longer to get here, but it didn't. Uh, so that is all that is going on with this podcast. We are, again, not really live tweeting anything, pretty much because I'm not, and I don't think any of us, because of streaming stuff and all of the other things that we do, we're not really watching anything live anymore. Uh, that might be a discussion that we have on a later podcast. But uh, in the meantime, enjoy this, episode number 199. Our big old year ender. Oh, uh, there's going to be a year ender anime episode. I know we haven't had an anime episode in a really, really long time, but that is also coming. That is something that's going to be probably happening uh, more often. It was originally planned to happen last year, and it just didn't happen because of scheduling. Anyway, episode 199 of the Nerf Podcast. Please uh, spread the word. Tell your uh, friends. Uh, spread the word any way you can, any way you can think of at Nerf on Twitter, nerdproco at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to send us a line, let us know you're listening. All the good stuff. Stay nerdy, y'all. It's all good. It's all good. Humbug to you all. Yes, humbug. Lots of humbug. Happy Festivus. Happy. You know, uh, somehow I forget. I don't know how we managed to get Alexa to uh, say this, but uh, Alexa wished us Happy Festivus. Oh. She understands. Oh, uh, by the way, dope sneakers. (laughs) I meant to say that last time. Dope sneakers, man. Those were the uh, Game of Thrones inspired uh, Ultra Boost, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Dope. Yeah. Oh, since I was 11. So, so, 
Where do where do we even want to start? Because I just finished. Let's start with what we just saw and unpack. Yeah. Okay. Film. Okay. Because uh, I feel that after watching Rise of the Skywalker, uh, we were eagerly anticipating that, and we all have lots of feels about, about this Rise film. of Skywalker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we should let Rich begin because you've got the biggest heart on for all things Star Wars. What yes, do you think? that is what, true. What was your thoughts of Rise of Skywalker? Uh, I look. I, there had been a, a number of people I love with any 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 review of something that starts with yeah, look. <laughs> <laughs> there had been so many people with so many feelings and 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 opinions about this it, it's fine it's okay it's not this epic ending that that at least i expected wait, wait. so it's not the epic ending that you expected yeah i expected as a star wars fan as a star wars fan makes sense however however it's not it's not a bad film it's all it's good it's a good film it's not extraordinary i'm not gonna say it's a magnificent film it's not it has, it has issues here and there, but at the same time, it's not like I, I, I was listening to some people talk on the internet, and 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 they were just trash talking this movie. I'm not gonna do that. Uh, I'm <clears throat> I'm not gonna do that because it's it played it safe. I think J.J. Abrams played it very safe, um, to the to a fault. Now, um, you say that it was a fine movie. Is that a letdown for a main trilogy film. It's one thing to say that to like a side film like Solo or Rogue Squadron, but the expectations are a little different. Rogue yeah, a main Rogue One, which Rogue I just one. I just watched Rogue One. Yeah. It's... Um, yeah. Do you feel that you know that is a big letdown? I mean, yeah. The in in the sense of meeting the high high expectations of fans it's a little bit of a letdown i will admit but it's again it's not a it's not a horrible movie it's not i'm i'm gonna say that of the now looking back at the at the most recent trilogy it's it's in the middle i'm i'm it's not my it's not the best in my opinion in my humble opinion, I think The Force Awakens is the, is the strongest one of the three. What did you like about this movie? What did I like? Yeah. Uh, I, okay, let's see. Hmm. I like to uh, hear a positive so I can rip into that. Yeah. Shit on it, possibly. <laughs> uh, I like I like the just uh, the the focus that were that was placed in some of the characters like Ray. Mm-hmm. Um. I like to raise uh, conclusion and uh, the the plot twist uh, throughout. Uh, you know, some people saw it coming. I think you saw it. You were not surprised. I was I was mildly surprised by it. I didn't you know, I didn't I didn't suspect that at all going into it. Um, and other characters as well, like um, uh, uh. Let's see, C-3PO. And, okay, there were characters that felt forced, like um, like Poe and, um, and Finn. Like the fact that they were throw like 
their interaction with the other characters throughout the movie it 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 was i felt it felt forced in the way in the sense that it was trying to give the impression that they had been uh together along this journey all along and that's not true they've been more apart than they have been together so the fact that they're in this for this conclusion and the the interplay and the just just the dynamic that was shown in this movie felt a little bit like you know i I've, i i needed more development there like if so if, if things happened off camera between the previous film and this one then i kind of want to know what happened for them to be all jolly like this but that was my one issue with the characters but other than that um well keep in mind there's there is an, an actual time gap between the films right so there is an, an entire bunch of probably stories between mm-hmm. poe and finn that we have not seen yeah but uh, yeah, I have a. I mean, I like. Keep their going. I got a lot to say about this. Uh, uh, for <laughs> one thing, in terms of the positives that I saw from the film, I kind of like the chemistry between uh, Boyega and um, Isaac. Yes, um, they have yeah, the chemistry. They, they, that worked out. Their friendship was great. Um, one thing I really did appreciate for a, you know someone who is a casual you know observer of Star Wars media. I did appreciate, you know, the elevation of, like, some of the history of Star Wars. Like, you know, understanding how, you know, how Chewie has lost so many of these characters and to see his reaction to the death of Leia or General Organa, uh, that was really powerful for me. Um, It's kind of sad that not enough emotion from other uh, non-alien yeah. species, but you know what? I'm not judging. You know, Chewie is a big part of Star Wars canon, and to see him just like wail, I felt that loss yeah. that he experienced. Um, I felt that um, this was slightly. This was the worst of the three films. Wow. Force Awakens was the best one. Um, I like Red Rise of the Jedi because Ryan Johnson tried to do something different. Uh, L- Last Jedi, yeah. Last, Je- Last Jedi. He tried to do something different. Um, this movie could have taken his baton and built on that. But Abrams listened to Disney and tried to undo white out yeah, all of his yeah. errors because there, a there's, bunch of Star Wars nerds yeah. didn't like, you know, mm-hmm. progression, did not like, you know, a different take on Star Wars. Yeah. Um Okay, this is where I gotta jump in <laughs> I yelled a lot, I think, even before this movie came out, about the using Star Wars nerds. Uh, saying, listening to Star Wars nerds. In my opinion, and I yet, like I said, I railed on this last time. As someone like, if we're going to Rich, all deference to Rich as a fan of the movies, but we're talking about actual Star Wars nerds. I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. That being said, I I've never been too precious about the films or anything that has happened in a universe. Uh, which is why I didn't get upset about any of the changes. That being said, I think 
my biggest argument about like the the quote unquote Star Wars nerds who are getting upset is from what I saw, all the people who were upset weren't really Star Wars nerds. They were fans of the original trilogy and invested way too much in the original trilogy, which, by the way, I love the original trilogy. Those movies are not as good as you remember yeah, them to be. This is true. They are not. They are not. They are not. Especially uh, Return of the a Jedi. New, a New Hope is... Empire is, but a lot of people are misremembering aspects of people. A lot of people who are complaining who really love Empire are took the wrong, like learned the wrong things from Empire and, and Jedi, and things that they were upset about in the new films. Is like, well, then you you I think misviewed the original trilogy in a lot of ways. My felt my feeling is that starting as we watched this movie on Friday night, I just got the sense that this is an apology to the Star Wars nerds. So I could see from the very jump how this movie will play out. Yeah, I just saw that, and because this uh, was this movie was an attempt to apologize to those hardcore nerds who got really angry. But see, at, here's the thing: uh, they're not hardcore nerds; they're passive, fucking Star Wars fans pretending to be Star Wars well, nerds. Unfortunately, as someone who is actually a fucking Star Wars nerd, they are passive fucking fans who are claiming to be massive Star but Wars. They nerds. had a huge voice. And they yeah. swayed the direction of this film, unfortunately. They made this film... Uh, they, this film is pretty much in, just like... Erases everything <laughs> Ryan Johnson did in the second film. Yeah, I did feel and that way. Seeing that, I could telegraph exactly what he's going to do and what the, how this, well, 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 this well, film well, will here's, here's the And th- I realized, oh gosh. Well, well, well here's the thing. Different. Okay, there are things that I enjoy about it. A lot. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful looking film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number one. Uh, I will say. Uh, I will defend this. I actually really like the arc of Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, Even through all three films. Original? It isn't. No, <laughs> you could see that. It isn't, but but here's the thing I I will say is that you're if you're arguing that it's safe, if you're arguing that it was predictable, if you're arguing anything about on that side of it, then to me that that almost seems pointless because when I watched this, I was like, oh, this is the most Star Wars of Star Wars films. If your argument that it's predictable, that the store all the storylines are stuff that's been done before, it was just like, yeah, that's what Star Wars. Is at its core, it's predictable, not so great storytelling with beautiful visuals, semi like some pretty okay acting. <clears throat> but if you're looking too too much deep, like look, I like this film. I think it has a lot of problems. I agree that there's a lot of stuff that they like. They basically just retconned Last Jedi. You say Star Wars, I. My hope was that the Star Wars that people are aware of is a George Lucas Star Wars. And I was hoping that this new generation, this new trilogy, will 
take what he start is what he began and build from it make it a little different you know a little that was that was that was the idea and i don't that was the idea i don't think last jedi was as much as the vitriol surrounding that film and it was fake vitriol i will say that i will die on that hill it's it's fake vitriol it's it's just you're upset. You're not really upset about the storyline. You're really not upset because you're a giant Star Wars fan. You're upset because a girl was made the like that was really what the core of all of that was. The how you knew post Last Jedi that this movie was going to be super safe was Solo. Really? Solo. Yes, because I I Again, this is a this is a, a hill I will die on. Is you could see the writing on the wall when you saw what happened with Solo. Solo could have been a way more interesting movie that was made a lot more safe because that's what Disney apparently wanted. Mm-hmm. This was the same. Thing. It was a movie by committee. Yes, and and this because was of the character Han Solo that they had to follow a script. Is that it? Because they didn't want to dirty him up, even though that's what he's supposed to be. Yeah, that's what that movie was supposed. You were supposed to be seeing smuggler, pre like pre New Hope kind mm. of scoundrel Han Solo, and you got a much, 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 much safer film than yeah. that. It was just, and that clean. was the writing was... on the wall that that Rise of Skywalker was not going to be a challenging film at all. In any way. Yeah. And also, it, it, I have it, to come back to what Freddie Prince Jr. said on that podcast, who I wish I could remember the name of the podcast. He had this whole thing about like, and he was absolutely right. He was just like, they're not going to do anything. I could tell you what the plot is going to be because this is the way it's been laid out in the movies for decades. It's what George Lucas set up in as far as like the force and all of that. It's like. That being said, there was a lot of lazy storytelling in this. There was a lot of MacGuffins, like whatever that little tracker Sith triangle thing was, was a total MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of stuff they introduced that, like, they didn't. Well, I think, Rich, you said is there was so much stuff that just would have been better if it felt like it was earned. Yes. Yeah. It was a lot of things. Even the empire, it was just, every, just thrown in. Even and, the emperor returning is like didn't feel like it was earned. No, if you had set that up in the previous film, it would. I would agree with you because to have the first order come about in this new trilogy, and this emperor Snoke, you, he didn't come from nowhere. You know, yeah, you, he had to be hiding in the shadow, shadows, and someone like. Palpatine could not let this guy just hide in the shadows. He had to have some say, but there were no sprinklings. Yeah, no Easter eggs. Yeah, no clues that you know he could have. <clears throat> I wouldn't. I don't mind Palpatine being here. I don't either. Yeah, I just regret that they did not leave breadcrumbs and that, to, so we could see. Oh, yeah, there's a and that right and that there. just demonstrates how uh, not cohesive the development process was. It was basically they they went into this trilogy really not knowing where uh how everything was supposed to be interwo- interwoven together. Yeah, which is uh I'm going to say this too, is the most Star Wars of Star Wars. Cause 
let's get this clear right off the bat. George Lucas is full of absolute shit. Yeah, we we know Star that. Wars. When he made Star Wars, he didn't. He's it was always going to be a trilogy. No, it fucking wasn't. They had to come up with all that shit for Empire. That's why he didn't end up. That's why so much of what makes Empire great is not George Lucas. Other people had to come up with. Like he had some of that vaguely idea, but they had no idea they were going to make two two more movies. When they were originally making Star Wars, they had no idea they were even going to. He yeah, had no idea he was even going to get that done. How do you explain this? I mean, you, we all, these people who made this film were all fans of the original trilogy yeah. and have had reservations of the, um, the prequels. Why make this mistake here? Why did they not I don't make think a I, trilogy as cohesive? I know that people are going to argue against this. Trilogy. No, no, no. I, 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 I had said this when I saw it on Thursday with Dan. I was like, I actually don't. I think it's intentional that it's so milk toast. Not bad. I don't think they intended it to be bad. It's not bad, but it's it's really. I, not, I think there was. It's I think there's a lot of stuff in it that I think is supposed to come off as an homage to the sort of campiness and cheesiness mm-hmm. of the original trilogy. The problem is, is that it works. In the original trilogy, but with the, all the stuff you set up for the new movies, it doesn't work in I, this trilogy. That being said, they also did a a thing. They literally like J.J. Abrams. I don't know if this is. I don't know if this is his fault, but he pour, he pulled a George Lucas, which was you could have gotten rid of or shortened. It's two hours and twenty minutes. You could have gotten rid of. Or cut down a couple of those giant set pieces for some more character development and better writing. Like there, there are emotional moments that they don't like. I, I understand that Carrie Fisher died, and they don't want to linger on that for very long. But that was so. I felt it, but it felt so cheap. That the as you said, the pacing. It was yeah. like yeah, it was. It's so just, all it's over the place. It's so all over the place. Anything, no. You know, once you're done with this scene, it bumps over to <laughs> yeah. the next. There's yeah. no character development. There's no, no just the potential of like growth of Kylo Ren. You know, yeah. do that. Or even I was like listening to this podcast about why is it that only Kylo and Ray can have this force communication. And not his own mother. Di- di- not till di- the very end. Di- di- dyad, the whole dyad in the Force, really felt a lot like fucking midichlorines. You're a dyad in the Force felt a lot like midichlorines. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a way of explaining this without really explaining it. It's just like, yes, they're a dyad in the Force. It has not been seen for generations. Yeah, so it's like, yeah it yeah, hasn't been that's... seen for generations. We literally have not seen this ever. Like... <laughs> Yeah, in the movies, I don't think it's a well. No, the twins in Dark Empire, the twin uh, Leia and check, check. Okay, okay. Sorry. Occasionally, I think when all of us are talking at once, it gets like all confused. Yeah. <laughs> so with Ray's character, I liked what Ryan Johnson set up. That you know, it does not have to be someone who has a powerful family, who comes from a powerful family to become a powerful member of the force. I mean, sometimes these people have to come from nowhere. 
you know, and I was kind of hoping that it does not matter who her family is. She could just make a name for herself the same way Anakin made a name for himself. And it wasn't just, you know? it isn't just Rey in, in Last Jedi. In Last Jedi, even though it was super subtle, which is not a, being subtle is not a Star Wars thing. Uh, the fact that the little kid at the end of Last Jedi, like, calls the broom to himself. He can use the force. It was like I think they were setting. Ryan Johnson was setting up something in Last Jedi that the use of the force by more people is becoming a thing. That's what I think he was really setting up mm. in Last Jedi, and it's a thing they completely ignored for this movie. And it's a really interesting thing, a plot line they could have covered that, like, when she says, "I am all of the Jedi." That the whole I am all the Sith, I am all the Jedi, which by the way is very Avengers Endgame. It's it's I am an inevitable, inevitable I am Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, there's also a, another what could have been a potential Avengers Endgame scene that was a Star Wars thing that they completely ignored, which I will get to in a second. Um, but instead of it being like I am all the Sith, it could have been like I am all the Jedi, but not even I am all the Jedi. I am. Everyone, which I thought was which, if in Rise of Skywalker, is kind of also the the point of the film. When all of those people, when they when the, that fleet shows up, yeah, it's like it's just people. It was like the that would have been a number of those who oppress. But that would have been amazing if instead of I am all of the which I am all of the Jedi, it's not just I am all of the Jedi, but I am everyone. Like that would have been much more a much yeah. more powerful moment for that. Also, that scene when all those ships show up, uh, they say, oh, it's just people. I was like, yeah, okay. So, but then why show, but then why show us Wedge? And don't, and then don't just show Wedge's face and only the people who are like me are going to know that that's Wedge Antilles. Who goes, nice flying, Lando. And if you're, it's such a blink and you'll miss it. I was like, No. If you're going to have Wedge and you've been kind of not so subtly pulling from all this extended universe stuff, like if you're like in Avengers Endgame, you suddenly, if you want to like appease the real nerds like me, have Wedge show up with Rogue Squadron, like just an old beat up X-Wings. Like you have all these ships and then you have like these 12 X-Wings, like what are they doing there? And then you show Wedge. And Wedge just going, yeah. nice flying land. Like, there's so many things, and I'm sure they're in there visually anyway. Like, if you, if you, when it comes out, you could probably pause it. And I'm sure some of those ships are nerd ships, yeah. but like, there was a potential there to have. It would have been fan service to people who are like super extended universe fans. But like I said, if you're going to have Wedge, show. You got Wedge, you got Lando. Yeah, throw in some more people. Fuck it, See, like, like that, and, and and that wouldn't have been a stretch because that would not have been a stretch because at that throughout the movie, the the fan service was pr- pretty heavy handed. So in God. this movie. And I, that's how I can tell it's and not it, well it, done and not well done. It was nauseating for me. I'm sorry. It was nauseating. I'm a huge me. Star Wars fan, and it was nauseating for me. Yeah, it's like it 
there were so many eye rolls that's placed by me watching that film. Oh no, the the battle scene, you know, with the ships and with the weird alien horses. I I was like, no. That's, Again, yeah. I know why they did that. That's, it's just like, so you, or, or or like no. when um when Chewie when when they uh, captured Chewie in in the in the ship and they're sinking. Uh, it, it all, when they're sinking in the quicksand, like all of that, all of those scenes are just just throwbacks. I'm like, all right, yeah, I can tell that this is J.J. Abrams because, and, he did- and also they had a bunch of stuff where it's like you 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 did a bait and switch where it's like, oh, we're losing a major, a major character, no, we're not. We're losing Chewie, no, we're not. I was kind of hoping for that. Not what, that I hate Chewie, and that's and that's my I other issue. Like, I wanted to see. We're gonna, oh, we're gonna, go we're gonna, far. yeah, the we're gonna. Stakes are that high. Exactly. Oh, we're losing, we're losing C three PO. No, we didn't. Right. That's that's my other issue. I, not that I want, I, I didn't. Not that I wanted um, for Chewie to get killed off, but there are no stakes in this movie. Like yeah. this is the third movie and conclusion of a trilogy. There, there needs to. I mean, Endgame did it. Like. You, they killed off a main character in the first five minutes of the movie, and you're like, and that sets the tone of where this conclusion is going. Like the other twenty films, those were those were a fun ride, but this is the end game, and that was established in the first five minutes. This of, is the, not of end game of Infinity War. Of Infinity War, right? But like, I kind of like expected that. In this film, being that it's the first, it's the it's the end of a trilogy, and it's the end of a of an entire era of like over forty years, so that's what I kind of expected. And we and it gave a it gave us just MacGuffins of that. Oh, this might happen, or uh, Chewie they captured him, or C three PO, and everyone. And I never got the sense that the First Order was that threatening. They're not. I mean, with the original trilogy. You had at least Empire Strike Back, where for the first time, bad guys win. I was yeah. kind of hoping that the First Order could have, or the Final Order, whatever, could have strike, struck some like, killing blow that would make the audience members feel that, oh shit, shit's yeah. about to get real. We need, these Our heroes need to step it up a notch and offset yeah. what they're trying to do. Also, I never got that also, at all. Also, there seems to be like... They were, and I, I can almost guarantee that this is going to be a show. We're going to have a Poe Dameron show. That's going to be that's going to be his, that's going to be hit about his past. Because why bother bringing up having him go to that planet and introducing like his old girlfriend or whatever, and the fact that he used to be a spice runner, which is again a whole extended universe thing. Uh. Uh, that's that's another like nod. It was just like he was a spice runner. It was like casual people who've only seen the movies are gonna be like, why is that even remotely relevant, relevant or important? Yeah. Whereas like people like me, it was like, oh, he was. A, that means he was like, he was essentially Han Solo before he became a rebellion pilot. Like he was a smuggler. He, he basically he was a he was a drug dealer, ferreting like drugs around the galaxy. That's what like spy uh, like. In oh boy, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Mega Star Wars nerd starting. So how the huts make are so rich? Jabba the Hut is such a powerful gangster. Is essentially he is a spice runner. Spice is like 
crack cocaine or whatever like crack was in the 80s in the star wars universe there's a whole subplot like about like the early days of like the huts and job of the huts and how they make all their money is basically running spice all around the galaxy which is also a thing that the star wars people ripped off of dune it's yeah i remember whatever it's a but yeah it's like a whole thing it's like why even if you're not gonna you didn't address that at all in any of the other films. Why introduce it into the last film unless, of course, you're going to have a series with him on Disney Plus? Like, that's the only reason I can think of why they would introduce that. Even bother. Like, yeah, it makes him a more interesting character, but it makes him a more interesting character no, just way him, too late. He's not an interesting character just because we set up he, he has a CD pass. Yeah. He's not an interesting character at all. Maybe in future films he'll develop him a little more. But according to this trilogy, meh. I really don't think that he's a compelling character. And with Finn, it's only now that you establish that he's Force-sensitive. I mean, In that one scene it, that's blinking, you'll miss it, too? I mean, yeah. it's... I... Oh, gosh. Which They're scene just... is this? He senses that Ray is dead. When Ray dies, he feels it. Huh. Which explains why he was able to break free. His his interaction with the other former stormtroopers sets up the fact that they were able to break free from the conditioning because they were force sensitive and they were that one split moment they were able to break free and set up. Set and that apart and that's the thing they order. set up in Force Awakens. It's the thing they set up in Rogue One that like people were force sensitive but can't yes necessarily like wield the force have like special. Like, abilities, like, I just watched Rogue One again, and oh my god, Donnie fucking Yen <laughs> in fucking Rogue One is so yeah. amazing. Yeah. that That's gonna live on as one of the better Star Wars movies in this. It is, is my favorite. Um, just because it, the stakes were high, mm -hmm. and the heroes have to come through in a clutch. Did I want everyone to die? No, but I appreciated that they, yeah. they, they showed that. Yeah. yeah, and I felt that this trilogy just didn't make the First Order a compelling villain. They're just not. You know, yes, they're the follow-up of the Empire, but they're really they're just. But they they could have they could have been if they had not like sort of also retconned that a little bit. There's so much stuff that, especially because I rewatched Force Awakens recently yeah i was watching it yesterday actually it's there's so much stuff that's set up in force awakens that is then sort of expanded on the last jedi and last jedi is not that great of a movie either but they're just so much of that is just not paid off in in rise of skywalker that's just although like i said there are there were some like the chewy moment is great um it's a moment. Uh, C-3PO, that moment. I will what, say... Wait, what? The C-3PO, I'm looking at the... It was immediately then later in the movie, this is the problem, is that there were some moments that were moments that are then, like, I'm looking for the last time at my friends. Oh. But then, 20 minutes later, he gets, like, a bunch of his old memories back yeah. from RTD2. So yeah. it's like, why bother even giving a... <sighs> I will say that... They're cowardly. I, I will the say that it's, that Ray, when even though it's super predictable, if at the end when Ray says that she's Skywalker, like 
like basically adopts the Skywalker name. I was like, oh, that's that's sweet. No, it's although not. it would have been. It's not. It's in my. That's fair. It's it's that's it's, fair. No, I don't. They tell us in the title, and it's the title is lazy. It's, also, another 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 like nod that no one who is not a massive Star Wars nerd would get, and this is what like irritates me. It's like. To people who are nerds, this will be mean something, but because you haven't set it up at all in the films, it actually ends up just confusing everyone else. Gold lightsaber at the end, like the, the gold lightsaber. Yeah, that confused the hell out of me. The gold lightsaber actually has a significance in the extended universe. I'm sure Star it has universe. significance, but you know, for the rest of us that don't read up on the extended yeah. universe stuff, it's, we're, it's like... It we, doesn't mean anything. We realize that there has to be some kind of significance, but it's not fully explained I at any just, point. It's just like, hey, it's like, wait, there's more. And there, the extended universe has is a wealth of gold mine yeah. for Disney to channel from yeah. in future properties. And what I got from Rise of the Skywalker is that, oh, they could get into that a little more. Yeah. You know, how the personality of the Force wielder in, in, informs the, the color of the lightsaber. Uh, the whole gold lightsaber, hopefully that will lead to more of a balanced Jedi Instead of like a that's what it's that's what they're it's supposed to be like that you're not so gold lightsaber and I think it's like there's another one that's they're like the gray Jedi the gray Jedi which are the people who haven't chosen to uh, side with the Sith or the Jedi Ashoka was one well I don't know if she had a gold lightsaber Ashoka ends up being one like I think post her dying if I remember correctly she does die she dies in. The prequels. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, she dies in one of the. Pre- I forget in which prequel movie, but she dies in one of the prequel movies. Okay. I think it's Attack of the Clones. Actually, is Ashoka, that which was a big kick in the balls to all the people who had been watching. Clone Wars. Well, no, actually, Clone Wars. I think might have been after that. I think Clone Wars was a response to everyone being kind of pissed off that like, or in Revenge of the Sith, she might have died in Revenge of the Sith like really quickly, and people were like, "What the fuck?" Like. <laughs> You've had like this great character that you've set up in Clone Wars, and now you've just killed him off. Yeah. So yeah, uh, huh. I was seeing it for the second time on Friday, and like I said, like Rich said, it's not a bad movie. Although I'm leaning towards it being not good, it's just okay. That's yeah. that's a that's just okay for a Star Wars film. Is a bad movie. Yeah, I'm sorry. The stakes are too high. The property is too recognizable for it to be just. And they put a lot of money into something like this for it to be okay. I could see the, how it could be like you know f- safe for the general audience, but their levels of safe that was yeah. to the extreme yeah. safe. And well, you could argue that some of the force stuff that's in- introduced, like Palpatine's fucking lightning powers in this, are bananas. Like that's somebody we've never seen before. And but it's like, eh, okay. But again, it's not earned. Even mm. like yeah, so frustrating. And even the fact that it that Palpatine's back in this movie is fan service. Yeah. Like it's fan service and it it's and it's Dark Empire. It's 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 them pulling stuff from the extended from the EU and they're just not it's not earned. Like you're pulling, you're pulling all the stuff from Star Wars Extended Universe, but like you're not. Because by doing so, 
you're also you're all you're also diminishing uh Kylo Ren as the villain in this you're, trilogy. Well, you're also just going that Snoke didn't like you see that like apparently Palpatine just made a bunch of Snokes. Right. And the implication again, stuff that like just an just an extra two lines of fucking dialogue cut down on one of these fucking extended scenes where a ship is flying into the air. Yeah. Cause for, I, honestly, for two and a half minutes. Cut that down to 30 seconds, and you could have had an extra line of dialogue where you explain where... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this to Rich. Did, did you know that Snoke was a Palpatine clone? No. Because that's what they're implying, that he made a bunch of like inferior clones of himself, and that's what Snoke is. Hmm. That's implied in the film. I'm pretty sure that's what... Palpatine essentially, I made Snoke, which basically, based on, I think he says something like, I made Snoke based on myself or something like that. Mm. But he says, like, on a defective. Where, so essentially, the Palpatine made clones of himself, and you can see them. They're in little bottles in this movie. You see Snoke's. Did you, did you catch that? There, no. There's it was when. Early on, yeah. When, they, when you see Palpatine for the first time, there are all these little bottles. And I think he's even talking about Snoke at that point. There are Snoke bodies in little, in like vials. Okay. And it's just like, oh, okay. So way to make that matter even less. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, I I happen to 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 like the scenes with 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 Kylo Ren, and yeah, I I, I think Adam Driver is a great actor. He's a very good actor, and he ca- he he could have carried this if. If his character was was treated with the significance that they were initially well, set here's to the funny thing: having having watched Force Awakens recently again, it's the exact same arc. It is the down to the exact same lines. He says the exact same. They replay the same scene in Force Awakens. Where he kills Han, it's the exact same dialogue as what when he sees his dad again in Rise of Skywalker. Huh. Almost line for I I I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. That is line for line, what he says right before he kills Han, and the scene Han in his memory, does the same thing, except instead of dying, he, like, tells him something slight. But that dialogue is almost identical. It's the same conversation. Hmm. Serving the opposite purpose. Yeah. Which would have been clever, but it's not. Because it's the same scene. I think, I think that was one of those writers thinking that they're clever and, and they're not, where it's like, we're going to play out the exact same scene that was in Force Awakens, but the, the outcome is going to be the opposite. I was kind of. I just wanted, as a non Star Wars fan, I just wanted it, this trilogy to be the end of Palpatine line, the Skywalker line. Technically, it is, um, in the hopes that hey, a new breed of Jedi, like that kid with the broom yeah. in Last Jedi, it's like, and a new breed of Sith, you know, rise up in this universe, you know, and to show that hey, this is. Uh, the new adventures that we can come to expect, not more of the fucking same. But yeah, it was, 
It was disappointing, but I don't know that that's like. I don't know. For me, that almost feels like the most Star Wars about this. It's to just be honest, like, I was as engaged in this movie as I was Batman v Superman. Let's just say that. Whoa. Okay. The number of eye rolls. Wow. Was the exact number of eye rolls I gave Batman v Superman. So let's just say that. You know. Hmm. Yeah. It's just it's dull. I, I'm sorry. I know it's following the formula and the template of previous Star Wars films, but it's a fucking movie. Yeah. Oh no, I'll the give it to you. Like it is important. You yeah. can't watch. You don't, you can't spend now twenty dollars a ticket to know what's gonna happen. You know, from the beginning of the film. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's so yeah. The one of the biggest one of the biggest problems with this movie is that so much. Like even though the when the because you know that fleet is gonna show up, you know that fleet is gonna show. Up. You know Lando's gonna show up. But what made it annoying was you could time it. Like, it's literally, it's like, it's when hope seems lost. And then, when literally, like, Poe says, is, like, apologizing for bringing them on, I was just like, okay, Lando's gonna show up with the fleet in... Three, two... In te- ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five... Like, I could, I, the first time I saw it, I timed it almost <laughs> exactly... I was like, it's going to show uh, right now. And then, of course, you hear Lando's voice. And I'm like, eh? and like uh, I know it's Star Wars, but it shouldn't be that predictable, yeah. all the storytelling. I expected that from a George Lucas. Or, or if it's going to be that predictable, if, if it's going to be that predictable, have it have some emotional impact. Yeah. Cause and, and that's, that's, that's when but it you, didn't. That's when, <laughs> like, have, when then, that's when you have uh, a director and... Um, a production company that's just too, too too focused on on pleasing everyone, and this is what you get. You get a movie by committee. And also, also, um, Dan made a really good point. Uh, made made a really good point about J.J. Abrams. As much as we love J.J. Abrams, he's not so good at finishing things. He's really good at setting things up, and middle and the middle. When he gets to the ends of things, they're not so great. Mm-hmm. And you want to look at his look at all everything he's ever made. He's not so good at finishing. Like, hmm. I think it's because he's one of those people who just like has all these great ideas, and then when it's time to actually finish out your story, it's like, oh, I have all these ideas. Oh shit, I can't resolve all of them. So I'm gonna bail on the other people. So I'm it. just gonna cop out of like three quarters of them. Lost. James yeah, Wan. lost. James Wan directing the third Star yeah. Trek. Yeah, uh, fucking Cloverfield. Fucking yeah, everything he's ever done, man. Like, yeah, actually, that's that's a valid point. Is there anything else that we need to shit on this movie? <laughs> no, no, no. Let's shit on the other movie that that Rich. Let's shit on the movie that movie that, right. that Rich so, think is great. If you are hardcore, let me say this: if you're a hardcore fan of the movies. I think you'll appreciate this. If you're a hardcore fan of Star Wars and all of Star Wars' extended universe, you'll find, you know... You're going to find it lazy and kind of... Dis- and very disappointing, yes. <laughs> if you're a Star Trek fan, don't bother watching. <laughs> watch watch Next Generation. Watch DS9. Yeah. Watch Reels. Um, Science fiction. So, 
because I just finished it. It's not nerdy, but we did have a whole conversation about this on the last podcast. I did watch The Irishman in chunks because there was no way I was sitting through that entire movie. You should. Um, uh, you, you, you should sit through all three and a half hours. I realize that at this day and age, it's, it's, it's a challenge for most. But. Poor what? No, 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 no. Okay, or okay. Maybe that's a TV miniseries that you need to break up into episodes. I mean, it is on Netflix, so you could watch it like a miniseries. Here is, in a nutshell, why I'm not going to do that. Because as beautiful as his direction and the structuring of this movie is, it is the most Scorsese of Scorsese films he's ever made. Yes. Uh, that's not necessarily a good thing. Because it ta- it's all of the stuff that he does done to such a... It is... Let me... I'm trying to, like, compliment it at the same time I shit on it. And I'm not sure how to articulate it. Um, it is him at the peak of what he does best. The problem with that is that what he does... Be- the peak... Doing the peak of what he does best becomes a sledgehammer. Explain. There, there is nothing subtle. Well, not nothing. So, okay, I'm gotta rephrase that. Is that like so much of this movie is a sledgehammer? Like it's just the the acting, the the storytelling. Like there, there is. With the exception of, like, I didn't know that Al Pacino was going to play Jimmy Hoffa, that's the most fascinating part of the movie. And also the relationship between Robert De Niro's character and Jimmy Hoffa uh, is great. Uh, That being said, it's just, it's so... I don't know. It's like a longer Goodfellas... It's like he remade in a way. Like I, I don't. It, there's, there's just something about it that like just was so, like. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go with what I said originally. There is no subtlety to anything in this movie. For 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 Scorsese, aside from like the cinematography, which is some like is beautiful. Yeah. So much of the movie is like beautifully shot and everything yeah. like that, but the problem is with some with the exception of some moments like with De Niro, especially De Niro, I would say this is like peak De Niro. Um but yeah, there's so much else in the film that just feels like I'm being pounded pounded over the head with it. And also there's a couple things that I think I'm, I'm really biased about this. And don't get me wrong. I like Scorsese. I'm a Scorsese fan. As am I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe not as big as you, uh, but but I am a Scorsese fan. Uh, for a movie that is this long, I have some issues with having a voiceover be the framing device. Well, that's classic Scorsese. Yeah. I mean, he 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 has a narrator. He has a voiceover just about all, all most of his movies. It was Goodfellas was the same way. Yeah. Uh and this is yeah, this is the most this is the most like Goodfellas. However, there are 
there are differences which I yeah. appreciated because if you you know in, in Goodfellas it still is one of the if not the my favorite uh, Scorsese movie of all time but my issue with Goodfellas was that it it's a three hour well in its three hour uh, length it it plateaus uh, toward the middle of the film it gets sure. it gets a little too procedural and um it it lingers it lingers yeah. there and you it starts to you you start to kind of you know wonder okay where is this all going and then obviously you get to the downfall and this one that i felt that the pacing was actually it was longer yes yeah but the pacing was better um, I didn't. I, I didn't, at no point did I feel like um, it was lingering uh, within the story too much. So, so that was good, and and yeah, I, I thought that the the actors themselves were excellent. Uh, De Niro was at his peak. Mm-hmm. I. I I appreciated all of them, but the one I appreciated the most was Joe Pesci. Um, in that his he's role so subdued in he this. is so subdued, and I, I actually, I, I was unsure of how I would feel about his performance, but after seeing it, um, I, I, I did like it. I, I like it. It was a real departure from what we're used to seeing, and um, he, he played the role extremely well. He's as a, as a true mob boss that you know he doesn't even <coughs> lift a finger and you sure. know, he, he could he could just have someone he, he without even saying much he could get the he could have you know the job done by just making a simple phone call or having a simple conversation and it's done and so to that end the actors themselves it is i got i got what i expected it, it this is the this is the top of the line top shelf acting that you could ask for and it's all in one film this is the first film that that pacino is in under scorsese's uh direction um and it was great to see him back on the screen like that and you know uh, some people thought that he was a little over the top yeah, I'll, it's true. Yeah, P- Pacino was a little bit over the top in some scenes. Um, he's the him, the character. He's playing a real person. Number one. Yes. So. Yeah, he's totally over the. He's like, almost parody level Pacino. Uh, but man, like, there's so, okay. Because I found I found I found this movie really frustrating because like of it comes back to what I said about like this is peak Scorsese but I don't know whether peak Scorsese is a good thing anymore because there's only two reasons why so one of the things that happens in a are, Eve are you leaving <laughs> why we discuss this he's like <laughs> we'll I'm get out. back to the things you care about <laughs> they call me when you get back to something else <laughs> so one of the the uh the issues that i have with this movie and it comes back to like the discussion we had about Scorsese himself 
Is Scorsese and the fact that Jimmy Hoffa is a character in this movie are the only two reasons why you should care about this, why anyone would care about this story. Mm-hmm. And there's something that just rubbed me the wrong... And I, granted, Scorsese... The stuff Scorsese said before his film, I'm sure, like, colored and biased me against his film. I tried to watch it without that. But one of the things that I've come to realize when watching, um, especially a movie like this, it's three hours, it's like one character's history is I find myself, like, uh, when I was writing like uh, a a script for like a comic book and one of the people I gave to read it he was like Eddie's like there's a lot of beautiful stuff like there's a really gr- great grasp of like character and it's all stuff that I could say about this movie it's there's some really beautiful character m- moments there's some real like strong execution like brilliant executions of like the genre of like you know, mafia and gangsters and like historical drama and all of that. I'm not sure why I should care. And that's really the biggest problem I had with this film is the answer to that question because becomes because it's Scorsese. And that's not enough. I just, I just, the main character, I just found myself was like, I don't care about who this man is or what happens in his life. I just don't. I mean, De Niro is great in it. It's great that he has that moment, like you were saying, that there's this thing that wasn't in Goodfellas where there's an element of gr- regret. Uh, I was going to get to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, the fact that it's Jimmy Hoffa and it's an actual, it kind of like is answers the question of, in a fictional sense, of what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. Well, it's based. Yeah. Well, yeah. Technically, it is fiction. It is based on the real character uh, played by De Niro. Um, uh, what's his name in the movie? Uh, his name is Frank in the movie. Frank Sheeran. Okay. So the real Frank Sheeran, y- years later, went on uh, on a TV interview, and he basically confessed. He he said that uh, yeah well you know we 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 found uh, we met uh, with Hoffa at the at the Red Fox Inn outside the tr- Detroit and we went to this house and uh, you know I, get, I put two shots in him and and then you know never found the body because you know we incinerated we incinerated him and that was that but they they never convicted him because there was no evidence sure so you know but he he essentially confessed to it and you know it's basically either you believe him or you don't and scorsese took that account and put it as a conclusion in the film so uh but essentially what i was getting at in terms of it, when his other works is that whenever you watch a, a Scorsese film, particularly one where it focuses on a central character. Sure. It, I'm, you know, Goodfellas, The Departed, uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. Sure. This one, it's always about the rise and precipi- precipitous fall of a character. Sure. In this one, however, he introduces an, um, 
an element <laughs> and and I think this this is what if anything this is what merits that extra half hour sure. in this 3 hour movie it's a three and a half hour but what merits it in in my view is that this one introduces a concept of regret and remorse from the central character to me that was powerful you know the the, the 3 hours you know you you're you're showing the rise and fall of this character, a very humble character that just went in under the wings of this mob and 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 then under the the, the wings of an influence of a very powerful character like Jimmy Hoffa. But then years later, and this is what marries the narration because it's it takes place in different time frames. Sure. Uh, throughout the movie, and this is what merits the 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 special effects and the DA yeah, technology. Yeah, yeah. But at the end, the, the last 40 minutes were pretty powerful because, you know, you're, you're, he's looking back and, you know, he, it's, it's, he's looking back into a life that he led and these decisions that he made. Um, and that was, that was, that was, pretty powerful to me i mean i haven't i mean well, the first time i watched it I, i've watched it twice already but watching in the theater and that that really stuck that's really struck a chord with me so it's it's weird because i feel the same way about this movie that i feel about and it is going to be a very odd comparison but i feel the same way about this movie that i feel about the king's speech Oh, uh, you can't say that. Yes, I. but I'm uh, going to, and here's on. why. Here's why the comparison, I think, is apt. Is it is wonderfully directed, wonderfully acted, wonderfully written. I still don't care. And that's ultimately what happened to me in, the, in, in watching The Irishman, is, wow, this is really well done. I don't care about anyone in this movie. Like, and it's, 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 because fr- I, you know what's funny is, like, I wanted to like it. Mm. And it's, I'm not even saying that I disliked it. And I'm not even, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. Like, I would never say any of those things because it's impossible to say those things. It's too well done a movie for me to say those things. The problem is, is I got to the end of the film and I was just like, ultimately, I was just like, I just, I don't care. Yeah. I don't I mean, care. I, I like, will, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, there, there, there's something to be said that, you know, the, the, the pure, uh, name power in this movie is what carries this movie. You know, I mean, if you, first of all, if you, and, it was, and I'm saying it's not enough for me. I have to care about the characters. I have to. I have to care. Yeah. And if I don't care, it doesn't matter how well the. Yeah. Almost. This is the kind of movie that's going to be performance. It's going to be all on the performance and the direction. Yeah. But you know, um, shout out to Ray Romano because he was my one of my <laughs> I, favorite characters. I really movie. loved him. Uh, yes. Yeah. He, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> he he nailed the role. Yeah. I mean, as the lawyer. Uh, he was. It was. It was so great to see him in this movie with these actors. It was just. It was awesome. I like. At first, I was like, 
Really? When I I saw him on the in the trailer, but then when I watched him in the film, it's like it would just the, feel it felt so so what, what seamless. One of the things that I wasn't expecting about this movie, although I should have, because Goodfellas is this too. Huge chunks of this movie, like not like chunks, but like just tonally over the course of the movie, there's just stuff in this movie that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that is just like. The whole every time they introduce like a random character on on screen, they have shot in the head twice in the head. Yeah, eighty-two. <laughs> yeah, that that um, is also that's very that's very Scorsese. It's very good, but there's like that was one of the things that I will say that I thoroughly enjoyed about the movie is that there are element there are parts of this movie that are hilarious, that are hysterical. I mean, to a certain extent, like Al Pacino as as Jimmy Hoffa is hilarious. As soon as you, as soon as I saw him on screen and I learned that he that that's who he was playing, I started laughing. Yeah, and as every time he was on screen, it's just like he's so Pacino in this movie. It is, yeah, he is. Just every time he on. just goes that fucking cocksucker. Just. <laughs> It's just every. It's just like oh, that's like, like the scene down in Florida. Yes. Oh yes, and that's 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 another that's that's, that's it's another. very. It's also very Glengarry Glen Ross. It's it's Glengarry Glen Ross Al Pacino, which I yeah. appreciate a lot. You know those scenes where it's just like it's so uncomfortable to watch. You know that the the scene in down in Florida where he's meeting with um, with uh, uh, what's his name in the movie anyway. Uh, with pro he's pro, meeting with yeah. pro is is essentially the you're a funny guy yeah in goodfellas yes that whole you're a funny guy scene that is this scene yeah. here yeah that discomfort that you feel as a viewer and there's a couple of scenes like that but that's the most that's that's the one that really resonates so i mean that i think at the very least uh, it it should be nominated for Either best directing, best film. I think it's going to be. I. I think that there are more interesting films. Okay, I'll give you that. Um, so, that's fair. There are more inter- See that that, and it comes back to what we were discussing last time with 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 Eve. Uh, we're gonna bring you back soon. What are you watching right now? <laughs> Dirty. Okay. Um. Is that uh. It ultimately comes down to the idea that, like, what we were discussing was just like, you know, it's Scorsese, it's in, it should be important. And I was like, yeah, but there are a lot of other really talented di- directors making more interesting films, more mm-hmm. challenging films, more creatively and artistically ambitious films and, that, and that's the that's and there the, are people including scorsese himself who would argue against that who would say that well, what why isn't this artistically ambitious yeah. so i was like because it isn't dude and, and that's the that's the niche that it's you it's you going to the it'd be different if score if it was score see here's again it comes down to why should i care if it was scorsese doing something that he had never done before Instead, it's him doing the uber version of the thing he's done over and over again. And this is where he really puts himself in a niche because 
Scorsese in a hole, not a niche, in a hole. Yeah, and that's that's you know that's his that's his specialty. His yeah. specialty is biopics, biopics, and just uh, weaving a story on a particular point in time. Yeah. And 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 you know and he does it quite well, but that's that's it. That's Scorsese. Period. He's not. He doesn't have the range well, that other he, directors will say, have. As much as like I might have like, I'd have to rewatch it again recently. Hugo is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that, him going. He's going way outside his comfort zone. Completely, completely. Shutter Island's another one. Yeah, not as good. Not as good. Yeah, but that those are his attempts. To kind of get outside his little box, he, at least he's tried. He's yeah, tried it. And yes, Hugo was pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I just it's when you say it should be, I was like, yeah, it should be. I don't think it should win because there are, I mean, the movie that pops up immediately into my head that is like more ambitious, more interesting. On all levels, is Jojo Rabbit, which I for me is one of the best movies I've seen all year. Like, yeah, I still have to watch a couple of other. A lot of people are talking about Parasite. Uh, talking, I, I, I the other see. movies he's done are. I I still haven't seen Parasite, but the other movies he's done are incredible. Uh, I mean, the two that I've seen are amazing. Uh, the host is incredible, and. Uh, Okja is Okja is almost like it that movie is like ambitious and emotionally movie like that that is like so th- a movie like Okja is my argument of why a movie like Okja is a kind of movie that makes a movie like The Irishman seem obsolete because that movie is ambitious and beautifully directed and acted and so much of that movie is effective on so many different levels like uh the way it's a it's a criticism of mass agriculture like mass production of like animal agriculture mm-hmm. uh corporate culture science how we bind, like, how we, like, bond with animals and animals that aren't necessarily considered pet animals. The effects in that, the effects of, like, the Oksha creature are amazing. Like, everything about that movie is, like... Is this still on Netflix? It should be, yeah. Yeah, I need Uh, to see this. And the cast, like, there are people you will see in that movie that you will not... uh, If you recognize Jake Gyllenhaal in that movie right away, I'll be amazed. Because he plays this crazy scientist in it. And he's amazing. Tilda Swinton is amazing in it. The little girl, the little Korean girl who's a star in a movie is, um, like, there's, oh, God, there's, like, and it's a sci-fi film on top of that. Like, it's, there's so many things about that movie that are so, like, it's my argument, like, when I came back to, like, the King's Speech, the year that the King's Speech won, I was like, great. And then I finally watched it. I was like, this is a great movie. I just don't care. I, no, I still haven't watched it. Uh, 
But the the other movie that was nominated that year was the most ambitious movie on so many levels of any movie that had came out that year, and that was Inception. Right. They went. Yeah, I remember which being makes very, me think yeah. that the Irishman might win this year and not deserve it because there are so many other movies that are actually. It might because not going to the well. It might because. For The Wolf of Wall Street, uh, that's when DiCaprio was nominated and he got snubbed. And Wolf of Wall Street completely got snubbed. So Yeah. And but then again, you know, he won for Departed, but that also was because that was reparations for uh hit Scorsese not winning for Goodfellas. When it was nominated, sure. So you know that's how the, the Academy works. Someday, you, I, yeah, I don't care about the Academy Awards anymore. It's just you know, whatever. Yeah. So, so, Eve, <laughs> as he takes his headphones out, let's do Thanks some. For uh, the nap. Uh, <coughs> Scorsese talk always makes me a little drowsy. Yeah. Um. So let's do a little bit of a roundup of the year, I feel like. Although. Motherfucker, you cannot go roundup of the year without talking about Watchmen, which has been fucking amazing. I haven't watched the last three episodes. I'm, I haven't gotten no to it yet. No spoilers at all. But if you're going to talk a roundup of 2019, we have to begin with a show that was when they announced it. I, I, along with yourself, were like... Who Wasn't fuck? interested in it at all, yeah. I was not interested at all in it. But weaving a masterful tale of storytelling, of introducing relevant American history yeah. that uh, people of color know about, but everyone else does not. Yeah. Incorporating um, the original comic, comic book, book. in, I, I, in I, ways I, that were... Completely unexpected and like, okay, as far as because we were just talking about Jojo Rabbit, it was just like, talk about a show that in its basic concept, like, oh, you're going to have a Watchmen show, but it's not going to be an adaptation of the comic book. It's like, how is that going to work? And it's just like that. And you're talking about heavy racial (sighs) issues that still plague the United States today. I would not think that any company would be bold enough to do something like that. Those are landmines, you know, making, you know, going (gasps) race landmine, talking about uh, using an IP that hardcore comic fans, you know, cherish so much and they hate anyone that tries to recreate it or cash in on it. Um, I am one of those people. I I was like, dude, I mean, there's no point in this. But the comic book fan who didn't want Watchmen remade was put aside when the person of color in me saw, like, the opening episode. I was like, oh, shit. They went there. Yeah. And from that moment on, I've been hooked. Just just opening with the fucking Tulsa Massacre is just like... That's just like what a way to start any show, and that let alone a huge discussion about like uh, part of American history that people don't delve into yeah. in our education. Um, and on top of that, 
just the actors. Regina King, dope as fuck. Just, I mean, Regina, Regina King. To be fair, has been. To be fair, <laughs> has been killing it for like. I mean, forever, but like has just only recently been getting notoriety for. It. I haven't seen her recent stuff. She's stuff been she's done on in. She, yeah, she's incredible in this fucking. Jeremy Irons. Fucking is, um, Jeremy is, Irons he is, is comic relief. Is pr- he is he's so good in anything? So he so what I love about the the version of Ozymandias that he's playing is so in the comic, like he's this brilliant person, but you don't get the idea that he's actually like. The whole one of the whole like concepts in the comic book is that like the question is he's done these these this crazy thing, but does that mean that he's actually crazy because he was doing it for what he saw as the greater good? In this, it's the aftermath to what happened in the comic book, and you see it as like oh he's he's gone a little yeah. <laughs> nutty. Also, I because I, I haven't. He's on the moon. I forget. Like he, he's he's sp- not on the moon. He's on one of the moons of Jupiter. Europa. He's that far out. He's okay, far okay. Because I I didn't that, get to I that. I think I, I'm I'm behind like two episodes. Um. Yes, he's that far out. Um. And they and they tie everything in as to why he's there. And also, I haven't watched the episode yet. I have heard that what they. The, what they've done with, like what they've changed about Doctor Manhattan, is like amazing. He's and not to, it's, it's interesting because it's not changed because when you consider that character, he doesn't have to be any. He could be he could be anything. Yes. So um, it doesn't. Ne- you could change what but he is. He's but more it, grounded. Okay. He's more grounded than what you see in the comics and for those of you who only know Watchmen from the movies he's he's more relatable you know sure and to be honest more likable you know um in this uh show um but if you guys have HBO now or HBO you must get in on this because it opens up a great conversation about you know a, a great examination of what's going on nowadays. Yeah. You know, with race issues, how hard it is to be uh, a, a white man in America and how some guys feel, you know, because, I mean, we can't ignore that. And on top of that, you know, just it's great storytelling. Yeah. And beautifully shot. And also, and also just it's – I really appreciate anything that in its basic premise should not work. But is, but does, you know what I mean? Nothing about nothing about this show should work. Yeah, it's Damon Lindelof. Yeah, he's a brilliant showrunner, and he did a massive (laughs) job with this show. Um, and that's uh one of my surprises of 2019, where it's like I'm gonna rewatch the fuck out of that and see every clues, and it is a faithful. 
they don't leave anything out. You know, yeah. they take what Alan Moore did. Yeah, and that's the one thing Gibbons that I appreciate and really try to appreciate it. Like evolve it to they what they haven't ignored it. That. They haven't really retconned it. Well, because it takes place afterward, they haven't retconned anything. They were like that happened. What's what ha- what happened afterward? Like also, so I will say the other HBO show, His Dark Materials. Stay with it. Stay with it. Uh, Please stay with it because it. Those first. See, my biggest issue with it is those first episodes are so much. They're so slow. I, I mean, some shows are, are slow. I can't. And, that's not fair, though. And they, but there's a certain. If done right, if done right, there's a certain beauty in it to to follow along and so, really digest. So my it. biggest problem with his dark materials so far is that the pace, even though it's it's actually except for the fact that they've they've set up some stuff in the show that doesn't occur in the books until they they've basically introduced a character who does two characters what no sorry wow three characters who don't show up until the second book and they've introduced them in this season which worries me a little bit because I I feel like it was them trying to I always get a little worried when they do stuff like that because it feels like they're hedging their bets on whether they're they are getting a second season, but <coughs> it's like they're hedging their bets on whether they're gonna be able to continue or not. Um my biggest problem with his dark materials is the quality is really uneven. There is there's stuff in it that are that is great. Uh Ruth Wilson is incredible. The woman who plays Miss Coulter, like she's amazing. She's the only reason why I'd even entertain watching yeah. this uh, through the end. Lynn Manuel Miranda is entertaining, but he's not particularly com- compelling. Daphne Keene should be better than she is. But in fairness, that character is even in the books is difficult to get a hold of because she's kind of irritating when you first meet her. Uh, I would, I would even go say in the show, she's really irritating when you first meet her, like her characters. It's, I never had that issue with her. It's just, um, I'm rooting for her. I mean, I've had to like, you know, there've been, I think either the first or second episode where she's in, I think Miss Coulter's apartment where she's trying to investigate, you know, what's going on in that room. I'm like, I'm rooting for her. I want her to to like get out of whatever predicament I'm yeah. really behind. Um, but it's just like the storytelling and the pacing. It the pacing much. is is it's like molasses. Really, yeah, I just can't those first that two right now. So I will say that I think it's the third or the fourth episode. The story really picks up when the bear shows up. Uh, right. Just because as as, as soon as you have a polar bear who who is a who is introduced and he is he's basically he's this town has been keeping him prisoner so he can build metal, metal things for them because that's what those bears do in this universe the polar bears oh they're not um, spirits they're or? not demons no they're their own thing oh, okay. they're a basically a they live up in the arctic they have their own society they don't have demons uh they are the armored bears of sawbird sawbird i forget and they're basically just like a warrior culture of polar bears that live up Spartan in the arctic bears. yeah they're okay. basically the spartans 
Okay. And you're introduced to him because this town has stolen his armor, and for bears, their their armor is their soul. So he's basically like this drunk polar bear who they're trying to convince to come along with him. Yeah, and as soon as like he shows up, it's like the story ramps up. Okay. Uh, because it's just like it's a bear who wears armor. I mean, I'll... and when the and also like when they have like the witch show up, like when when it starts to go into like the actual action, it gets it picks up a lot. Uh, I'll I'll try to get in on that. I'd like to. We'd li- I'd like to talk to you about that in more yeah. depth once I watch the entire. And and, and again, like you're saying Ruth Wilson is one of the only. Re- yeah, she yeah. is. She is. Uh, Ruth she, I mean, number one, she's hot. Number two, she is so. So the. One of the extraordinary things about her on that show is the. The range of emotions that she does on that show, where she goes from like incredibly re- reserved and cold, to like trying to hide emotion, to being like, like her emotions just going like an animal. Like just going yet. crazy, yeah. I've like, seen the reserved uh, version of her character. I've not seen. So there, is, there is a detail that I really appreciate of like the way her demon uh, reflects her, and she reflects it when she loses control of her emotions. She's like, like an angry monkey. Like it's, but I, like that sounds funny, but it's not. It's actually like kind of terrifying. Okay. Like, when she loses her shit in one of the scenes, like, she's, like, trying to get through a door that, like, Lyra's on the other side, and she's, like, screaming her name and, like, bawling and, like, smashing her fists against the door. You're, like, you just have this moment, you're, like, this woman is crazy, (laughs) like, and she's great and terrifying, because it's one of those characters that, like, she's incredibly cold. You're introduced to her as incredibly cold and, like, reserved, but that's because, like, she's, like, like hiding this, like... Monster inside. Yeah, this, like, m- basically a monster, yeah. Uh, she's the best part of the show, by by far. Um, yeah, so there's that. Uh, we go back a little bit more. I just finished The Expanse. We should dedicate an entire... You want to do an entire... Yeah. It's pretty great. I need to I rewatch say. that. Um, but it was a... Do you like Sci-Fi Rich? Of course. Uh, get in on that. If you have Amazon Prime, watch the – just watch it. Just see the evolution of – and the world building involved yeah. in this that. series. I love how it st- – one of my favorite things about that show is how it starts as essentially a noir murder mystery. Yeah. With a little bit of class. Uh, well, that no, but that's what I mean. Is it? It starts as like a noir murder mystery, essentially set in the far future. But as like the character Miller, uh, <coughs> starts to like investigate this this woman's disappearance. It starts to address like the issues of class in the society, how the fact that we now colonize Mars and the asteroid belt, and how those have become three separate. Sub- like Earth, Mars, and the asteroid belt are now three completely different societies. Hmm. And uh, how pe- human phys- physiology changes 
due to the new environment. Yes, Especially I love that. the humans that live in the yeah. belt. Yeah. They're not aliens, but their bone density yes. changes. Even the fact that the language that they have, language. the accent is very unique because yeah. they've encompassed all these different cultures in this yeah, area. I read, I read a book that na- navigated all of that as well, and that's fascinating. It's that's so like one, one of the things that I love about the belters, uh, the people who live on the asteroid yeah. belt, is they have their own language that's kind of like a, a I guess you would call it like a pity, pity, a patois, a patois. It's a very much a patois. But what's interesting is depending on one of the things they have in the, I think I, I don't know if you see this in the first season, but it's definitely in the second season. Is depending on where the ancestors of the Belter is from, that patois changes a little bit. Did you notice that with some of the characters? There's a character who is, uh, uh, his ancestry is like. So you have the the Belters who have a more like European sort of almost like Russian. They talk like Russian. If you notice, like there's a difference between like the more like the the different ethnicities. Their belter is the patois is slightly different depending on like where their descendants might have been from. Like they have a, a an actor who's clearly has a West Indian accent, and his he speaks belter, but his belter has a like slight West Indian. Like there's actual like. West Indian patois that's mixed into his belter. And I was just like, that's just, that's going the extra mile. The writer, which is, I'm, my plan is to read his books. Well, it's two. Um, it's, a, it's a pseudonym for two people. Oh, really? I think, I'm, unless I'm thinking of another book, yeah. Uh, S.A. Corey or whatever is actually a pseudonym for two different, the, the two people who wrote the oh, books. Oh, I see. Uh, but be, just... <laughs> What they were able to do with this TV show, I'm just like now curious to see what he did. What yeah. those two people did yeah. with uh, those books because I'm now fully invested in the universe and in the world. And that's what really gravitates me when it comes to TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. How big of the world is it and how compelling it is. Yeah, you this know. this really reminds me of... Uh, so if, if, you, if you get a chance, read this book called uh, Seven Eves. It's by Neil Stevenson. Or Stephens, Neil Neil Stephenson. It's a very it's a long read. I'll give you that. It's about I'll warn you. It's about eight hundred pages long, or something something to that effect. But it because it's very very detailed, and uh, it it takes Neil place. Stephenson? Stephenson, yes. This sounds really familiar. Yeah, but I mean, it, it the world building is is on a whole other level, and. Uh, it it takes place you know, far far into the future where you know, humans have colonized and uh, different parts of, of of the solar system and beyond. But but it, it also like it, it you when you were talking about language and um, evolution of different sure. aspects of physiology, it deals with that as well. Um, there's a, a group of people that have developed a, a, a manner, a language that the roots are English and Russian. But why? Because that's what was originally spoken in, in the International Space Station as it is today. And th- over the years, that developed into its own speak, its own language. 
So I guess we can do like a quick rundown. Just say, I mean, we could do a whole other thing on the expanse, but like best and worst of the year. Uh, Shit, I, I wish I was prepared. I, I have to really think about what... We could do this, this after year. the new year, but it's going to be a little... There's year. so many things that came out this year. Give, me the, give us the list. Uh, so I wasn't prepared for this either. I was mostly prepared to discuss Star Wars uh, and maybe The Expanse. And, like, uh, well, there's Englishmen. There's... Irishmen. Irishmen, sorry. <laughs> the Irishmen. Uh, Jesus! What else came out? Endgame was this year. Endgame yeah. was this year. Uh, Enough said it was just an amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, you had two, you had uh, Captain Marvel was this year as well. Yeah. Uh, in terms of Marvel films, and then you had Far From Home also this year. So yeah, the, the uh, Marvel films with this year were pretty solid. I yeah, I, I will say solid. I solid. I will say that, and this isn't Endgame necessarily there. They're not not necessarily their fault because they just had to set up the character before Endgame happened is Captain Marvel definitely felt like a placeholder. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't as good as I felt like it maybe should have been. It's Captain Marvel. I yeah. Mean, she, her character really isn't that compelling in the comics. You can't that is really true. expect the movie uh, version to be amazing either. I mean, not it's, you don't have much to work with. I don't know much about the character. Yeah, I mean, to be perfectly honest, like there's uh, Dan also made the, the the point about Captain Marvel is that like that's that, there's a bunch of stuff that they did in that movie that was done in other movies and better. Um, and the interesting thing about Captain Marvel in the comic books is I've I've said this before, but one of her best friends in the comic books. One of the things that makes Captain Marvel interesting is one of the things that makes her friend so interesting is Jessica Jones and their interplay. I mean, Captain Marvel is one of those characters almost like Captain America, whereas like she's more interesting as a character when she has other characters around her because she herself isn't that interesting a character. Uh, so when you have other characters that she can kind of bounce off of and contrast with, she becomes more interesting. So I, I hope that that's, you know, because she's in space, like, I hope there's more space characters that she can, like, uh, because in a lot of ways, she's, she's Hal Jordan. She's Hal Jordan, is that Hal Jordan isn't as interesting on his own without the rest of the core and the rest of the DC universe to kind of okay. interact with. Uh, and, and, and she's, you I know, she's, she's Captain America type with over, but, but if you're going to, but if you're America. going to compare her to a DC character, she's Hal Jordan. You, she was, she's a, she's a space cop and she's been given like one of the most powerful things in the universe. I mean, is she space Space Cop, because I've seen more of her recently, you know, in Civil War to yeah, yeah, grounded yeah, yeah. on Earth. Yeah, her powers came from. Well, that's like, because aliens. they've given much more importance to Earth in modern in the modern Marvel universe. Is like, I think they had her in in space more, and also like there's a whole. 
So the interesting stuff about her character, some of the interesting stuff about her character and her character's history, you can't get into until you introduce the X-Men into the MCU. Because one of the most interesting things about Captain Marvel is that she disappears from the Marvel Universe for like 30 years. But they're not going to do that. I mean, they could probably introduce how Rogue, he, she seals her powers, right? Yes, yeah. and her memories and everything. Yeah. But they're probably not going to go that route in yeah. the films. You know? They pro- could probably say that Rogue stole like a fraction of her powers to build her character up because she's quite powerful in of herself in yeah. the X-Men universe. Um, but yeah, I mean... Yeah, I would say... I, yeah, in general, the, the Marvel films were really, really strong this year. The yeah. DC films, not Ooh. so much. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, okay, look. I'll, I'll, I'll jump... DC in. films again? Joker. Joker and no. Shazam. Shazam? No. Shazam was a lot of fun. I just rewatched Shazam. To be honest, recently. I don't mind Was Aquaman this that. year or was it last year? No, that was last year. Last year. Late okay. last year. I don't year. give a fuck about Aquaman. But <laughs> uh, Joker was a surprise. Yes. Because it was fucking different. Yeah. yeah. And it was I'll a give conversation. Him all... Yeah. yeah. It really. was a quiet conversation, the direction that they went with that character. So here's what I'll say. I mean, look, uh, Joker, yeah, it was definitely uh, a departure. Um, they, 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 they took some risks and uh, it, it explored uh, parts of, of his character that were never really explored. And uh it was successful it was it was successful it was is it's definitely up there as one of the better films i've seen this year better acted films yes yes uh, joaquin phoenix it's, he... it's with a lot of these comic book related films you're yeah. looking at spectacle you're looking yeah. at action mm-hmm. you're not doing that for a movie like this you're looking at one actor a, being able to push him or herself to extremes i to see see i role. i i that's what makes it I'm going to come back to my I think the longer I think about that movie the more I fall on the side of like it's an important film I think because of the discussions that it started I think Joaquin Phoenix is amazing I think the movie itself is not no and that's that's accurate I'll agree to that you, to be honest I'd rather rewatch Joker than I would Captain Marvel I'm sorry yeah no 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 I, I agree mean, I agree this is oh, where man. you both films. I have and, re- and I've rewatched Captain Marvel like twice since I thought saw it in the theater, and it's just it's just it's just kind of there. Good acting solves. It's fine. A lot. So real quick, good acting based solves. on what I have uh, in fresh in my mind. My picks for 2019. Okay, are in best comic book film. This is no brainer. Endgame. Yeah, Endgame was absolutely epic. Everything I hoped it was an. Um, Epic, a um, fantastic conclusion to 22 films. So uh, my pick goes there. Best drama of the year is The Irishman. Okay. Uh, I will... A best unintentionally hilarious movie that I fully appreciated for three hours straight was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by... by um, I will say, despite my, despite my problems with that movie, I, <laughs> yeah. I and I have some ma- just... I have some major problems with that movie. Yeah, it's, I know. It's 
thoroughly enjoyable. It's very enjoyable. And Brad, okay. Brad Pitt and and DiCaprio are so good in that. Yes. They're so perfect in that. Uh, yes, I will say despite the problems I have with Tarantino in general and that movie specifically – and and again, all the problems I have with that movie are the movie are the problems that I have with Tarantino as a director in mm. general, like his weird thing with Asians. So I don't know. My okay here and here we go. Best action film for 2019. As you know, my favorite action film of 2018 were like you guys were like, what the hell? I said Mission Impossible, Fallout, and I'm sticking with it for 2018. But for 2019. It's going to go to John Wick 3. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. So good. <laughs> so Best good. Comedy for me, it's a toss-up. Um, it's it's a tie. I love Booksmart. I don't know. I, still I haven't seen, seen it yet. I haven't it gotten to it yet. Okay. A, it's a funny movie. And Good Boys. Good Boys was great. Good yeah. Boys. I haven't seen that either. You, oh, gosh. It was uh, quite hilarious. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. I would. I'm gonna enjoy Booksmart more than I enjoyed Good Boys, though. You. You probably will. Uh, <laughs> um, Booksmart is a little more edgier, and I think it's uh, better written, you know, and better acting. Best uh, horror or thriller of this year. I'm gonna say it's gonna. It's us. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with us. I have too. to watch. I us. Yes, I wish. Uh, I'm gonna have to make. A caveat saying that I have yet to see It Chapter 2. I'd like to see that. Here, so... I, I like It that. Chapter 1. I here love will, It Chapter 1. Here is what I will say about It Chapter 2. It is... It's really long, which is obvious because the... the it's just... It's, it's too much, is what I'll say about it. My most disappointing film. Wait, too much because they incorporated a lot of Stephen King into the film? It's just just in general. There's just too much of everything in it. Even though it is based on the Stephen yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I will say even granting that, it's it's it was a little... I, yeah. If we're going best horror movie, I would say... I would say... I forgot always... Be my baby. Be my baby. Be my baby. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Oh, if we're going comedies, that wins oh. it for me. Yeah, yeah, I just hands that. down. My most disappointing film of 2018 because I expected more of 2019. What, what is year? This is 19. Yeah, what year is it? What year is it? Um, my most disappointing film of this year because because I expected more of this kind. Of, I always look forward, you know, as a nerd. As a space nerd, I always look forward to the space movie of the year. You know, there's always one. Sure. That, the yeah, space true. movie of the year. And this year, Ad Astra was poised to be that film. But it completely disappointed me. It was. It ended up not being a space film. It, was set, it happened to be set in space, but it was a family drama in the end. Yeah. Um, and Star Wars... So I would have, yeah, I would say Star Wars too, just because Ad Astra was not. I didn't know. What I know, I was but expecting. Star Wars yeah. is its own category. That is true. It's like it's it is Star Wars is just like it's, it's, it's space. It's a you know it's it's a it's it's a space comic film, comic book film. But you know, Ad Astra was was filling that was supposed to fill that void for me, but it really didn't do that. Um, one thing, if you have time. On Netflix, check out Polar. 
Okay. Um, really good action film with uh, uh, what's his, the guy Mads Mikkelsen. Okay. It's over the top violence, uh, like seriously over the top violence. Have you guys uh, checked check out, out the new? I'll check it out. Have you guys checked out the new Ryan Reynolds film on Netflix? I want to check that out. Like the, the action Overground movie, or six Underground or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will. I will say I have not seen Miss Midsummer, so I couldn't say maybe that might be the best horror movie of the year yeah. I, I just i can't i heard it was long and that kind of like I, long and things I, I will say star wars will was the uh the most disappointing but not the worst movie of the year that i saw this year uh so that it is a tie because i did see two really crappy movies this year that were sci-fi films and those two movies were a tie between gemini man and X Men Dark Phoenix. <laughs> X Men Dark Phoenix. Is yeah, just that's so that's you to waste four hours of your time watching. That's those hot films. garbage. Look, I'm man, sorry. I have AMC A list. I you, don't have to. Nec- you, it's you I, could yeah. watch other like art house films. Well, here's whatever. the thing. I will say that that as far as like the two surprises of this year, like I, I think one of the best movies I saw this year was Jojo Rabbit. One of the best little like. High concept, low budget films that I saw was uh, what is it? Uh, Please remember me, or I'm trying to remember. It was this little sci fi movie that was about sort of about remember me. No, it was a sci- Parasite was pretty good. I enjoyed Parasite. If uh, you're talking about, wait, you saw Parasite? Yeah, yeah, we saw that. It was a good movie. I, I really want to see that. You should watch it. I want to see Parasite, and I, w- I would like to see The Lighthouse. I want to see Lighthouse, yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, I, I will give... I will give oh God, what was the name of this movie? Uh, I have to... Hold on. I'm going to go through the list of all the movies that I saw. Uh, Watchmen, as a show, was great. Right at the end, we got Expand Season 2. Uh, season 4, sorry. Wow. It was great. Uh Jeez, what else? Because we're not covering anime because that's that's a whole separate yeah. podcast that I'm going to do with Dan. Uh, um, Alita was a fun surprise. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I got mixed reviews. Uh, you didn't I like Alita? I haven't watched it. I it was fun. It. Uh, I, I not would... the greatest, but, you know, it's a, it's a decent action movies inspired by anime so i will say that yeah definitely gemini man and dark phoenix were the worst uh there were a bunch of middling sequels lego movie 2 lego movie 2 was just okay terminator dark fate was just okay zombie land double tap was just okay rambo last blood was rambo hellboy was a disappointment oh okay no scratch that scratch that scratch that the worst movie we saw the most disappointing movie was not star wars it was hellboy Uh, oh yeah i forgot about that one i regret it fast and furious was just okay yeah um what was it don't let go. Okay, special shout out to J- Don't Let Go. It's a little sci-fi movie uh, about a guy whose brother uh, and his brother's family are murdered, and he tries to solve their murder. And then, after their deaths, he starts to get calls from his niece from two weeks in the past. Oh wow! And he's trying to prevent 
solve their murders so that he can warn her so that he can prevent her dying two weeks in the past and who's in this movie uh aside from the star i don't think anyone you would let's see it was another one so blumhouse put out a bunch of little things this year as they as they have done since uh since get out came out David Oyelowo. I apologize. I, I, I cannot pronounce his last name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good. Uh, like one of those like high concept, low budget sci-fi mm-hmm. sci-fi films that is just yeah, really solid. But yeah, oh, Hellboy was this year. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Godzilla two. Yeah, I mean, but see, those are those are movies that I could I I wouldn't expect them to be very. There was a lot of movies that came. Actually, I will say there was a lot of stuff that came out this year that was just like high expectations, but just was like middle of the road. Yeah, I still have to watch Marriage Story. Um, I hear very very good things about Marriage Story. Oh, Marriage Story on Netflix. I hear very, it's very well reviewed. Uh, with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. I I just saw uh, My Name is Dolomite. No, Dolomite is my name last yeah. night. With I love that movie. And it was fucking enjoyable. I yeah. love that movie. It was enjoyable. I love that movie so much. That's one of those things, again, like like Always Be My Maybe. It's like, man, I wish that had actually come out in theaters. Because that would have been... Was Stranger Things Season 3 this year? Yeah. Okay, so that... That might take that was it, fun. That might take it for TV shows, for me this year. Really? Yeah, I don't think more than like that. what you've already discussed with Watchmen and everything. Yeah, because you know Watchmen is new. Watchmen is is my favorite TV show of the year. Yeah, uh, it's, it's yeah, it's new, and they went to areas where I did not think they. Could I do. think Mandalorian is my TV show of the year. Even though I'm not done Mandalorian with Mandalorian is my... Nice I'm biased. God. I'm biased. Thank you, God. Someone has a good idea about how to execute stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what this yeah. is. I will say the Mandalorian is like my surprise of the year. That it's yeah. like... It's like... It's taking the core of Star Wars and making a great story out of that. Yeah. You know, um, unlike what we saw the other night. Um, I understand there's certain elements of Star Wars you have to hold true, but John Favreau just is ex- executing it. And granted, yeah. he it's easy to break things down in 30 minute chunks, yeah. you know, every week. But it's making me wanting to know more about Star Wars, and I hope that more TV shows, you know, in the extended universe, are made in Disney Plus in that same quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say that there's there's a bunch of stuff that like Yeah, like this year was weird as far as a lot of that stuff. Like there was there was like a few really high points and then it was just like a, I I almost feel like as far as like nerd shit, there was just a bunch of stuff that was just like 
middling, just like middle of the road. Um, going a tangent on what you're talking about, nerd stuff, in terms of books, um, I was like kind of disappointed with DC this year. They've like they had such huge momentum coming into 2019. Yeah, I remember that. They 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 kind of fell flat for me. I was just surprised by pretty much what Marvel well what Marvel allowed Jonathan Hickman to do yes. with the X-Men franchise. That was my surprise when it comes to nerdy comics of the year because as I grew up loving the X-Men and what they stood for and he made me want to care about the X-Men. Again. Yeah, see the and funny thing is as far as like all of the new st- like I don't all of the I read and watched so much stuff that was like not stuff that just came out this year especially recently that I almost feel like comic books and all that's like I just don't read them when they're coming out really anymore. Everything that I'm reading is stuff yeah, that's already like trades, that's know. like almost finished or like the only thing that I was reading like kind of as it was coming out was was the Hickman X-Men and that that's because everyone was blowing it up and it's just like and it was worth everyone blowing it up cuz yeah. I'm sure if there'll be more. Are we I think we're okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, part of this might be cover. because I still have the remnants of a cold, so I'm a little worn out. I'm sure we'll come back to this. We'll discuss the the expanse on a later uh, a later podcast. Yeah, yeah. And we'll For cover expanse. We have to dedicate. A yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we should cover Mandalorian once yes. once the season's done. To yeah, get caught up, man. Yeah. Well, I'm almost. I there. gotta catch up with Watchmen. You're not I'm current like, though. Um, two episodes away. The fuck is wrong with you? It's only thirty. It's like barely thirty minutes. I know. Five minutes. I think what? I'm like an epi- one episode behind now. I think the most recent episode I haven't watched yet. The one that came out on a Thursday. You know, next week is a, this week is the last week of the season. Of the season. Oh, see. Okay, so we're almost there. Hurry the fuck up. <laughs> Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. I hope I feel better. Everyone enjoy your holidays. Feliz Navidad.